1: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to everyone out there on the internet, whether you're listening to us on the podcast or watching on YouTube. Once again, it's time for Lancing with Myself, the weekly show where I, Steve D. of Tinstar Games, talk about being a freelance game designer and creative, especially when you're low on spoons and low on cash. Last episode, we talked about being prepared to be surprised, being ready for the industry and the market and the audiences to change so that things that might not have been suitable to the audience or the market or the industry suddenly become that way and that opportunities are going to come around and it's um, absolutely natural for you to suddenly be surprised that a thing that didn't work before suddenly comes into being and you can be prepared for that. And the best way to be prepared for that is not just also having lots of finished games ready to go and being adaptable and being interested in how the industry is evolving, but also by building protoplasmically. Protoplasm means... Um, semi formed um, and it 's about the fact that we are building elements of games and half games and pseudo games and almost games and bits of games as we go along. Um, if you look at any you know uh, movie with a mad scientist, their desk is covered in sort of half finished experiments and you know things that look like a mess, but they 're like no that's really important. I need that for later. And that's how design works, specifically in engineering. I mean, also think of the um, that movie in the Aliens, the fourth Aliens movie, where there's a room full of experiments that aren't quite Ripley separated from the alien, because it took a lot of tries until they were able to separate Ripley away from the alien. Uh, and that's what game designers like as well. It's a science. It's an it's an invention. It's an engineering process, which means there's lots of failures along the way, but we do not throw those failures away because they teach us something we learn something while we built them but we've also now got a resource we've got a protoplasmic form and this is a really common thing in design like i have heard a famous game designer on doing a podcast the other day where he said like i was i was trying to finish a game and i only had the first half of it but then i was talking to a friend of mine and he had the second half and we were able to put it together and make something that worked um Gil Hover when he was working on the networks actually had a whole different kind of drafting mechanic that was built into that that he actually tried to put into another game and it didn't work there. He tried to put it into the networks and it just didn't work there and it was taken out and he's still got that drafting mechanic that he wants to use somewhere and it was the basis of networks and networks kind of grew off and went off in its own way but he's now still got that drafting mechanic whatever it might be. Maybe it ended up in high-rise. Um, we don't know. This is the way it works. We only see the finished products. We don't see as uh, unless we're very lucky we don't see the table um with all the mess on it but if you have a good eye you can actually start to see some of these things in games you can see you know some of the mechanics that were in one game being evolved and finishing up in another game um the 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 mechanics in um euphoria ended up in in i can't remember what it's called the the um The game that Jamie Stegmaier did that was a a legacy game, it has some of those mechanics from Euphoria but sharpened and perfected. And you can see that going on and you can see, you'll also be able to see how you can take these mechanics out and pick them out of different games and put them together. And you'll be able to do that to your own designs as well. And that means it's okay to fail, right? Because... Just because something didn't quite get all the way to the end or didn't get published or whatever it is, it's got bits in it that can always be reused. You can tear it apart and put those bits elsewhere if it got all the way to the end, or... You know, if it only got halfway, then you don't even have to tear it apart. It's sitting there waiting. You know, uh, whenever I was teaching game design, we'd often design very simple games. And I'd be like, this is a, you know, we might not actually publish this as it is, but this is a core part of a game. You've designed a load-bearing element that would add on to something else. This could be how the cards or resources are distributed or a a sort of mini game around which the, 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 the other elements were based, or you could then add complexity. Um, you may have, you know, elements for starting a game or finishing a game or distributing resources or changing resources or deciding, you know, who goes when all of these little things can just end up on your desk, you know? So if you look back, like I do sometimes, I look and I'll see all the little scribbled notes in my notebook or in my drawer or, you know, just ideas that I've had in my head that I'm like, I really should do something with that rule books that I've half written down, scribbled notes, it can easily get overwhelmed. Like I should really finish something. And it's great to work through and try to finish something, but all those protoplasmic things, they're actually building you up a game library of tools. They are filling up your tool set with things that you later on won't have to design. And so often we think, oh, that game designer is so prolific. But the reason they're so prolific is they've been designing for 20 years and their desk and mine and landscape is covered with protoplasmic designs so the reason it only takes them you know six months or a year to get a game out is because once they have that first idea they don't have to design everything from scratch they pick a few things out of their old games pick out of something they recently played they grab some things from their desk they glue them together and you know it's already half there because all the bits are there so I want you to think as a, as a like a protoplasmic designer design these protoplasmic elements and everything you don't design, you know, unless it's absolute crap, just hang on to it because the core of it can go into something else or be used in something else. And you also want to look back and look at the lessons like, oh, I see how I built that. Yeah. Now I can see I can fix that. And also, you know, do that to other games, look at every game you play and see if you can pick out the protoplasmic elements. See if you like something but think, oh, that could be slightly better. Or, I should be able to use that for my game. Or, hey, that was the idea I had for my game and now I can see how they're using it. But I would need to therefore maybe apply that bit that I really liked in a slightly different way. Otherwise my game's going to look exactly like them. If you're so encapsulated in seeing the whole, you're going to miss out on the whole process here. Which is uh, assembling elements of these protoplasmic things so that the game can burst into life from all the bits lying around. So think protoplasm, think the bits lying around. That's the way to be a game designer and just keep doing it because the the more you design, the more your table gets filled up with all this messes and craps and mistakes and uh, Ellen Ripley's and Sigourney Weaver's stuck in a jar. One day you can pull them out and assemble them all into, you know, a giant Sigourney Weaver that can attack Tokyo could happen till next time. I've been Steve D. This has been Lance with myself, play games, pat dogs, be good, have fun.